Hey everybody, welcome to the Greg and Dave Show, episode 22. Dave's not here today, he he has a life, and so he has young children. So he works full time, and his kids, you know, they're in school, they're in after school activities, so he's busy. I, on the hand, don't have a life. So I just want to do this because what ends up happening if I wait for Dave is the stack gets so high, we don't ever get to everything. So, so this one is from Epic Health by Marina Zhang, April 18th. Basically, what's this saying is that tinnitus is now a possible side effect from the vaccine. Quote, I can't be stuck with this forever. I'm going to lose my mind, Mary thought, distressed. Despite her thoughts, the dull ringing in her ears persisted like an alarm clock that couldn't be silenced, mowing down her concentration. Mary's tinnitus started an hour after she received the first Pfizer COVID-19 dose in the summer of 2021. It's not a side effect. Search on Google showed that many people were discussing this condition in forums. A nurse... She developed hearing loss and then tinnitus after the second and third doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. When boosters were mandated, Kelly took the third dose in February 22, and within hours, tinnitus that sounded like fire alarms manifested in her ear. And there's more to that article, but I think you get the gist. Uh, one moment, he was in command of a 150,000-pound plane. The next, he was technically dead. Captain Bob Snow is a survivor of cardiac arrest, and he believes the COVID-19 vaccine put him at greater risk. This is from the Epic Times, Janice Hissel, April 18th, or excuse me, updated April 27th. On a clear spring day in 2022, Captain Bob Snow steered an Airbus A321 toward its destination gate, as he had done a thousand times during his 31-year career with American Airlines. But Snow didn't almost live to talk about Flight 1067 from Denver to Dallas. Shortly after arriving safely in Texas, Snow collapsed in the cockpit. He was in cardiac arrest. The crisis struck without warning. Snow had felt fine that day. He was a healthy, lean 60-year-old with no history of trouble. No history. However, Snow had taken a COVID-19 injection under threat of being fired from his job. He believes that shot put him at greater risk of a sudden cardiac malfunction. So you notice that the news doesn't really talk about the fallout of this vaccine, only that you need to take it and get over it and shut up. The Washington Times by Victor Morton. This is April 18th. Non-binary X. Biden energy official Sam Britton ordered to undergo mental health evaluation. Serial <laughs> luggage thief must undergo a mental health eval. The Daily Mail reported Tuesday that Sam Britton agreed this week to a diversion program in a bid to avoid jail time for airport luggage theft for the second time in a week. Now, we've reported on this before. You can look him up. Sam Britton, B-R-I-N-T-O-N. Just, never mind. 
Before being let go, the Energy Department had hailed Brinton as a barrier breaker because of the non-binary identification. This from the Daily Signal by Dennis Prager. I'm sure you've heard of him. April 18th. The truth about America's history of slavery. Maybe you're like me and you, you suffer from a public education. So I thought this was interesting. And you can read more about it, but I'll just pull out some highlights. A generation of Americans is being raised on half-truths and lies about the history of slavery in America. They are given the impression that America was uniquely bad and that American slavery was uniquely bad. They learn nothing about slavery elsewhere. Among the many lies they are told are that, quote, black slaves built America, close quote, and that America is systemically racist. Truths about slavery. First of all, who had slaves? Every civilization throughout history had slaves. Asian, African, Native American, Muslim, Arab. Okay, who ended slavery? There was only one thing unique about slavery in the West. It raised the issue of the morality of slavery, ferociously debated it, and finally abolished it there before it was abolished in any other civilization. America was one of the first slave-holding societies to abolish slavery. America was one of the first slave-holding societies to abolish slavery. America was one of the first slave-holding societies to abolish slavery. America was one of the first slave-holding societies to abolish slavery. This even includes Africa. You didn't hear that about slavery, did you? Now, the number of slaves, let's look at this. According to the authoritative slavevoyages.org, the number of slaves imported from Africa to America was 305,326. The number of black slaves other countries imported from Africa to the rest of the New World, which is uh, the Caribbean and South America, was 12,521,337. Did you hear that in uh, your history class? In other words, other countries imported 41 times the number of black slaves into the Western Hemisphere than the United States did, including the years before American independence. Now, the biggest offender is, uh, according to... This article, from the beginning of Islam in the 7th century through the year 1600, an estimated number of Africans enslaved by Muslims was about 7 million. After 1600, it was about a million per year. Do American students ever learn about the Arab Muslim slaves? How many know, for example, that a great percentage of the African male slaves were castrated? so that they could not have families. Black slaves built America? That's a left-wing propaganda to vilify America and to discredit capitalism. America is systemically racist. Four million black people have immigrated to the United States since the 1960s, and tens of millions more would if they could. Are they all fools? Why would anyone move to a country that is systemically bigoted against them? Did any Jews immigrate to Germany in the 1930s? Blacks have immigrated to the United States because they know what Ayan Hirsi Ali, the black woman 
who fled her homeland of Somalia and who now writes and lectures in America knows. She says, what the media do not tell you is that America is the best place on the planet to be black, female, gay, trans, or what have you. Save the planet, invest in fossil fuels. Wait, what? From John Stossel from the Daily Signal, April 19th. Quote, saving humanity from the climate crisis, says EarthDay.org, requires us to push away from the dirty fossil fuel economy, which we are doing, not voluntarily, we're being forced to. However, he says that doing this is cruel to poor people. Quote, three billion people in the world still use electricity than a typical refrigerator, close quote, explains Alex Epstein, author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. If they're going to have their first well-paying jobs, their first consistent supply of clean water, a modern life, that's going to depend on fossil fuels. What about wind and solar? Quote, when we look at solar and wind around the world, it always correlates to rising prices and declining reliability. Why is that? Well, because solar and wind are intermittent, and any time they can go to near zero. That means wind turbines and solar farms don't replace fossil fuel plants. You have to build them in addition to fossil fuel plants. We spent trillions of dollars in subsidies and mandates putting solar panels and wind turbines everywhere. Yet we're still having shortages of fossil fuels. In Germany, they invested heavily in solar and wind. But that didn't work out so well when the winds slowed and clouds appeared. The Germans now pay much more for electricity, triple what Americans pay. Germany has even turned to coal for energy. Coal? Coal is the filthiest fuel. Yet Germany now imports coal from Russia and America. Well, what about better batteries so we, we can bank wind and solar energy and store it until it's needed? Backing up all solar and wind with batteries would cost multiples of global gross domestic product. This is total fantasy. The general narrative is we're destroying the planet with fossil fuels. So who cares how much energy costs? The truth is, the planet is only livable because of low-cost, reliable energy from fossil fuels. How is that so? Well, he says life expectancy was below 30 before fossil fuels. Income was basically non-existent. The population was stagnant. There was a high death rate. The basic reason is that nature is not a very livable place for human beings. For example... By contrast, thanks to cheap fossil fuels, we make it unnaturally safe by producing all forms of climate protection. We produce drought relief, sturdy buildings, heat when it's cold, cold when it's hot. Because of today's foolish hysteria over fossil fuels, prices climb. They climb and they threaten an industry. And when that happens, the investors and producers get scared. Threats to the industry have definitely cut down production. America's affluent protesters can afford the higher prices, but the poor people will suffer. Oh, here's another one. Dentist. 
unexplained pain, tooth loss, and bone problem may be linked to COVID-19 vaccine. Carly Mayberry from the Epic Times, April 23. All right, before business owner and busy mom Alana Parker experienced severe oral pain and facial swelling after receiving the Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine in 21. She had good dental health with never so much as a cavity. When her symptoms progressed, an ulcer had grown to the point where the bone was protruding, causing her to lose large fragments of her jawbone. Parker knew she was in serious trouble. I guess so. It goes on to talk about that there's this Alabama specialist, Dr. Amy Hartsfield. As since the vaccines were rolled out, Hartsfield has seen an exponential increase in patients with head and facial neurovascular and myofascial pain including headaches, toothaches, not caused by tooth, sleep issues, tinnitus, well, we talked about that, and oral and facial autoimmune conditions, even when there's no previous history of health issues. Uh, FBI who refused to raid January 6th suspect warns of agency's weaponization. Big Times by Joseph M. Hanneman. Hanneman. April 23rd, updated May 1st. Daytona Beach, Florida. Extraordinary Times calls for extraordinary measures, Stephen Friend was told. Why would he, an FBI agent, not want to hunt down and jail rioters who killed police officers at the, officers at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 21? Question. Its justification and its accuracy were equally troubling when they were presented to Friend by an FBI superior on August 23-22. Quote, I responded back to that, that no police officers were killed by any of the individuals who were charged with the violence at the Capitol on January 6. I am aware that an arrest warrant is a legal order from a judge. I have an oath to protect the Constitution. Well, that's where he went wrong, wasn't it? I felt that us being outside the rules with following our case procedures was a potential breach of the Sixth Amendment Amendment for due process. The arrestee already had been in contact with the FBI, already had been interviewed by FBI agents, yet the plans were set to go in heavy. If there are those of you out there who are not sure what going in heavy means, means full battle rifle, full tactical gear, vests, helmets, your camo uniform, rifles, pistols. He said he was told he was being a bad team member and shouldn't report for work the next day. Then they said he was AWOL. Then they pulled his security clearance and he was suspended. So on September 19, 22, his income dropped to zero. He wasn't allowed to seek outside work. But what he wanted to do when he moved his family to Florida was to work on human trafficking near and dear to his heart, especially the trafficking of children. Sexual trafficking of minors and young adults has exploded into an urgent national crisis. However, he was reassigned from that role to Joint Terrorist Task Force. Hunt down January 6ers. I like this one but because it is just totally out there. And if there are those of you out there who believe in extraterrestrial life, this one's for you. This is from the Epic Times by Mimi Nagoyan Lee. April 23, updated April 24. 
Six cows in Texas found dead with their tongues missing. The Madison County Sheriff's Office in Texas is actively coordinating with other agencies to find answers after ranchers found six cows dead in suspicious circumstances, including that all had their tongues removed. In a statement on April 19, the office stated that it found the six cows in separate locations, pastures, and herds, but all in the same condition. The cows were described as lying on their sides with the hide around their mouths removed on the side facing upward via a straight clean cut with an apparent precision. The meat under the removed side wasn't, wasn't touched. There was no blood spill surrounding any of the cows. On two of the cows, a circular cut was made removing the anus and the external genitalia. This circular cut was made with the same precision as the cuts noted around the jawlines of each cow. No signs of struggle or disturbance found in the grass or the surrounding carcasses. No noticeable tracks. That gets more interesting. No predators or birds would scavenge the remains of the cows for several weeks after their death. So they were left to decay untouched during that time. How many times have you driven down the road and seen some roadkill and you could tell whether it's fresh or not and, you know, the vultures are already doing their due diligence, picking it up. Wow, several weeks and these bodies just lay there. It's, this is so bizarre. That's why I wanted to share it with you. Uh, they were found along Texas State Highway OSR running into Brazos County and Robertson County. Uh, multiple similar incidents have been reported across the United States. In 2019, five bulls were found dead in Oregon over the course of several days. All of their sex organs and tongues had been removed and the blood was drained from their bodies. That's <laughs> just so freaking bizarre. I mean, I know there's got to be an X-Files back when it was good on something like that. That's just trippy. Uh, so I think you would like that. This one's from Breitbart by Dylan Gwynn, April 26. A trans runner who beat over 14,000 women while competing in the female category of the London Marathon has admitted he is, quote, not a woman, close quote, and offered to return the medal he received for his performance. Glenique Frank, a man identifying as a woman who ran in the New York City Marathon as a man last year, made use of a loophole in the Athletics UK's new rules excluding biological males who have gone through puberty from competing in women's events to run the London Marathon on Sunday. Breitbart's Oliver J.J. Lane reports. After granting an interview in which he appeared in a sports bra, Complete with a rainbow flag, Frank announced that he was soon going to be a granny. Though the real effect of the interview was to capture the attention of two-time British Olympian Mara Yamuchi, who quickly blasted Frank for competing in a category he had no business competing in. You know, I don't know, maybe I've shared this story with you before, but we have this cute little pup. Not really a pup, but she's so small and cute. And fertile and 
she goes outside and she hikes her leg when she pees. And even sometimes she's even, uh, I've seen her kick her back legs. So she's mimicking the male dog's behavior. And so let me ask you, if I were to come to you and say that my biological female dog is really a male dog, what would you say? Would people laugh at me? Would people say you're crazy? Then why is it not crazy for a biological man who says he's going to identify as a woman? How is that not crazy? How is that accepted? The European Commission announced on Tuesday a slew of social media platforms and other big tech websites that will come under stricter content moderation surrounding so-called hate speech and disinformation by the summer. By Kurt Zendulka, April 26th by Breitbart. Ah, so who gets to define disinformation, right? Under the European Union's recently adopted Digital Service Act, DSA, which the bloc has described as providing, quote, an unprecedented level of public oversight, close quote, on the Internet, the European Commission will place at least 19 online platforms under its strictest level of censorship by August 25th. Who are they? Alibaba AliExpress. Chloe says hi. Amazon Store, Apple, App Store, Bing, Booking.com, Facebook, Google Play, Google Maps, Google Search, Google Shopping, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, Wikipedia, YouTube, and Zalando. The Digital Service Act specifies that websites or online platforms with at least 45 million users within the EU will come under more regulatory scrutiny. Those that fail to comply with the censorship law by February 24 will face fines from the EU of up to 6% of their global revenue, as well as face potential ban from Europe entirely. Who's behind this? Thierry Breton, a former French tech executive, has previously warned new Twitter boss Elon Musk that the microblogging site could run the risk of being banned in the European Union should it restore the free speech roots of the company. <laughs> free speech roots of the company? Like when the company was, the roots of the company's beginning was not at all free speech. Although the bill claims to try to protect free speech, Britain himself has backed big tech taking censorship into their own hands. Yeah, big surprise there. There's more to that. You guys have heard about uh, various countries moving away from supporting the U.S. dollar to supporting China under liberal leadership. Argentina struck a deal with Beijing on Wednesday to stop using U.S. dollars to pay for Chinese imports and embrace the yuan instead. The yuan? The yuan? The yen? Uh, Breitbart 
by Simon Kent, April 27th. The measure, driven by Argentina's leftist president, Alberto Fernandez, is designed to relieve the South American country's dwindling dollar reserves, AP reports. The deal further enhances China's rise on the world stage and the diminished role of the U.S. on a host of fronts under Biden. The public should just, quote, accept that they're worse off, close quote, than they were a year ago amid rampant inflation, an ivory tower Bank of England boss said this week. Uh, this is also from Kurt Zindulka, April 27th, Bright Park. Hugh Phil, the chief economist for the UK's central bank, said that people should not seek salary increases to cope with the soaring inflation, which the Bank of England predicted would be a temporary phenomenon in August of 21. Uh, got that wrong. Yet inflation remains in double digits in Britain nearly two years later. This guy makes 190,000 pounds per year. Sorry, I had to look that up. It's like 238 plus thousand dollars in the U.S. But hey, get over it. This is what it's going to be. It's okay. Tim Cook. You know Tim Cook? For those of you who don't, he's the Apple guru now. Tim Cook knows if you're naughty or nice. Apple wants to use AI to track your emotions. Apple is venturing further into the health and wellness sector with the development of an AI-powered health coaching service, codenamed Quartz, and the expansion of its health app to include new features aimed at tracking emotions. Tim Cook's creepy vision of the future includes typed words and other data from their devices. By Lucas Nolan from Breitbart. April 27th. The Quartz Project aims to keep users inspired to work out, improve their eating routines, and sleep better. The AI-powered service will use data from the Apple Watch to create customized coaching programs suited to each user, according to sources familiar with the project. The, the idea is to use AI and data from the Apple Watch to make suggestions and create coaching programs tailored to specific users. The insiders who provided this information I have requested anonymity as uh, the initiatives have not been fully announced. Now some of you may be like, yeah, cool, so what? Um, and then the others of you can recognize that more information about you is becoming public knowledge. Alright, here's another article about AI and the end of the world. Fox Business by Anders Hagstrom, published May 1st. Google's godfather of AI quits to spread word about dangers of AI, warns it will lead to bad things. Jeffrey Hinton fears there's nothing to prevent bad actors from using AI. From the Bongino Report. So you can check that out. Uh, Jeffrey Hinton, a Google engineer widely considered the godfather of artificial intelligence, has quit his job and is now warning of the dangers of further AI development. Hinton worked at Google for more than a decade and is responsible for a 2012 tech breakthrough that serves as the foundation of current AIs like ChatGPT. Remember we talked about that. He announced his resignation from Google in a statement to the New York Times saying he now regrets his work. 
Quote, I console myself with the normal excuse, if I hadn't done it, somebody else would have, he told the paper. Or, close quote, he told the paper. Hinton said the progression since 2012 is astonishing, but it is likely just the tip of the iceberg. Quote, we look at how it was five years ago and how it is now. He uh, Close quote, he said of the industry, quote, take the difference and propagate it forwards. That's scary. Close quote. I don't really know what to think about this AI stuff. I mean, for us Christians, we know that when the evil one, the Antichrist, comes to power, I guess all these things are being positioned or being put into place uh, to make tracking people easier. Whether that be your Apple Watch, a vaccine, AI. So, you know, you read about the end times and you never really think about the the road that's paved for the end times. Does that make sense? And we're witnesses of the beginnings of the end times, aren't we? Like all this stuff that we're witnessing, learning, reading about, coming to understand, we can see that these are the foundations that will be in place to make life miserable for those who disagree. Anyway, that's my two cents. Corporate America's next best opportunity to correct course of discrimination comes via a slew of shareholder resolutions. From the Daily Signal, Michael Ross, May 1st. This shareholders meeting season, free speech is on the ballot like never before at some of the nation's most influential Fortune 500 corporations. J.P. Morgan Chase and PayPal's case this is happening only after leadership's failed appeals to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, ruled against requests from both corporations to quash shareholder resolution, insisting that the companies answer to their shareholders for a growing trend of debanking people for their religious or political views. This trend is driven by political and ideological commitments that too often resemble an ascent social credit regime. I'll be honest with you, I had to work look up this word in ascent, nascent, uh, I mean growing, basically, in this instance, to resemble a growing social credit system, which you've heard about, which is firmly established in China. Other companies like Capital One, MasterCard, and Charles Schwab did not petition the SEC and directly allowed shareholders to consider the proposals on their own at their upcoming meetings. In the past two years, Chase has denied payments or canceled accounts associated with people and organizations who hold mainstream American values. In 2022, Chase canceled the bank account of a newly formed nonprofit organization called the National Committee for Religious Freedom. The, the donors, well, they were seeking a compromise. Actually, they fought with this uh, back and forth. And 
Chase said the compromised donor confidentiality and disclose other information to the bank that they had no legitimate reason for demanding. So they said that, yeah, we'll, we'll open your account back up if you'll let us have access to all your donors. And there's no confidentiality. And I know, I know by now you've heard that Chase is now the biggest bank. And they just bought this latest bank that failed, went under. So now the Chase Bank is the biggest bank. And if you don't know, Chase is very leftist. Uh, well, you just heard me read some examples of it there. So what ended up happening, a lot of libs who in politics knew this was coming, what's it called, insider trading, you know, took their money out of the one bank that's going under, I think is it the Republic, and put their money in the Chase Bank. So you may be tempted to do the same thing because the, the Chase Bank is now too big to fail. And, you know, we banked with Chase for a time, and I'm glad we quit for other reasons because we've come to learn how liberal it is and how much it supports liberal leftist agendas. But now it is a bank that's too big to fail. So if you're more concerned about your money than freedom, that's the bank for you. I know it's getting harder and harder to do business with entities that aren't woke. Six scandal-plagued Senate Democrats attack Clarence Thomas over ethics. Fred Lucas, May 1st, from the Daily Signal. Anyway, Senate Democrats, or excuse me, Democrats, are poised to target Justice Clarence Thomas in a public hearing Tuesday as they consider a bill to impose ethic reforms on the Supreme Court. Democrats heavily criticized Thomas after news reports that the justice neglected to report luxury travel paid for by businessman and Republican donor Harlan Crow. Reporting the trips uh, as gifts was not required under the high court's ethics rules at the time, though it would be now. All 11 Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee signed on to an April 10 letter to Chief Justice John Roberts calling for an internal investigation of Thomas. Quote, now the court faces a crisis of public confidence in its ethical standards that must be addressed, close quote. And this has to be done to restore confidence in the Supreme Court's ethical standards. And if the court does not resolve the issue on its own, the committee will consider legislation to resolve it. So let's look at the six Democrats. And they say that they're concerned about the U.S. Supreme Court's conduct of ethics. Little Dick Durbin. In 2014, Dick's office announced that Illinois Democrat had secured federal funding for 10 clients of the lobbying firm where his wife Loretta works. That was Tebow. He says hi. He's, you should see him bark. Oh my God, he snaps his head back. It's hilarious. The link caught the attention of the largest newspaper in Durban's state, the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Sheldon Whitehouse. He's the most outspoken Senate critic of Thomas. 
Steamy Carat from Rhode Island. White House has come under scrutiny in recent years for his membership in the White Only Bailey's Beach, a club and beach in Newport, Rhode Island. Hmm. White Only. When White House first ran for the Senate in 2016, he said he would quit Bailey's Beach Club. However, as of 21 or 2021, he's still a member. The Daily Signal first reported that White House pressured the IRS and the Justice Department to go after the tax-exempt status of conservative-leaning organizations that didn't require people to wear masks and socially distance in 2021. You remember those masked Nazis? Ugh. So that's this guy, you know. It's really awesome when you... It's like your parents saying, don't smoke while they're smoking. Don't you dare smoke. It's so hypocritical. In 2019, White House filed a friend of the court brief in a Second Amendment case before the Supreme Court that seemed to threaten court packing if justices did not rule the way he preferred. The barely-veiled threat prompted conservative watchdog Judicial Watch to file an ethics complaint with the Rhode Island Supreme Court. Next up, Amy Klobuchar, a Democrat from Minnesota. In Peter Schweitzer's 2020 book, Profiles in Corruption, he notes that employees of Petters Group Worldwide constituted Klobuchar's largest donors, when she was a prosecutor. The Daily Caller reported in 2012 that Petters presided over companies with employees who contributed $8,500 to Klobuchar's campaign for county prosecutor and contributed a total of $120,000 for her first campaign for the U.S. Senate in 2006. In 2009, Peters was convicted of money laundering, fraud, and other charges in federal court in St. Paul, Minnesota, and sent to prison in a separate matter from the state case. Cory Booker. Booker served as mayor of Newark, New Jersey from July 06 through October 13. During his administration, an audit by the New Jersey State Comptroller's Office found multiple corruption issues in the publicly funded water treatment and reservoir management agency. The audit concluded that the agency's director was a donor of Booker's mayoral campaign and made $1.89 million over seven years, when her government salary should have totaled $1.16 million, according to the Daily Beast. Next, Richard Blumenthal. Or Dick, so another Dick, two Dicks on this committee. While serving as California's Secretary of State, Padilla oversaw a questionable $35 million deal with SKDK, formerly SKDK Knickerbocker, to run a statewide public relations campaign. Further, about $12 million of the total $35 million came from federal funds according to Republican members of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Using federal funds for a get-out-of-the-vote operation or to help one political party over another would violate federal law. Blumenthal was faced with criticism for misleading statements about serving in combat during the Vietnam War, when he in fact never went to Vietnam during the war 
or saw combat there. He was in the Marine Corps Reserve at the time. Now, as a combat veteran, I can tell you that that pisses anybody, any true service member off, any combat veteran off. Anyway, Blumenthal received at least five draft deferments, according to New York Times article in 2010. The Times cataloged numerous statements from Blumenthal over seven years, including false claims about returning from war and serving in Vietnam. The Times also noted that the Connecticut Press Corps reported over a course of 10 years that Blumenthal was a Vietnam veteran. After being caught in his lies by the Times, Blumenthal apologized for misrepresenting his military service. And what the Wall Street Journal called, quote, the other Blumenthal scandal, close quote, as Connecticut Attorney General, he filed a $1.7 million lawsuit in 2003 against a commonly called Computers Plus, alleging that it failed to install the proper network interface cards, air quotes, in computers under a state contract. The company's owner, Gina Kolb, or Cobb, perhaps, the Alicent, countersued the state, alleging that it violated her constitutional rights, abused its power, and ruined her business. In 2010, a jury agreed that Mr. Blumenthal made false claims about Mrs. Cole Cobb and her business, awarding her $18 million. Now you may be thinking, wow, she got rich. But it wasn't she got rich quick because 03 is when it started, and then it was 2010. So seven years of misery before she gets this $18 million. But, however, in 2013, so now just three years. So seven years to get the $18 million, But in three years, the Connecticut Supreme Court reversed the lower court's ruling and dismissed the defamation claim. Seven years to get the $18 million, but only three years to end it. And I don't know the particulars of it, whether she gets to keep what she was given for the three years or if they just took it all away. All right, the Daily Signal, last one, I promise. The Daily Signal, disgraceful GOP senators accused Dems of threatening to yank Supreme Court justices' security funding. So this article kind of goes in conjunction with what I just read. This is from Mary Margaret Olihan, May 2nd. Republicans are denouncing Democrat senators' attempt to leverage the Supreme Court budget in exchange for an, enfor an enforceable ethics code. During a Senate Judiciary hearing on Supreme Court ethics reforms, Senator Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley tore into the Democrat colleagues for threatening to cut off the funding for the security at the Supreme Court. The left is willing to threaten the lives of the justices, said the Texas Senator, Ted Cruz. This is disgraceful. Hawley similarly accused Democrat, Democrats of threatening the justices. Quote, the threat is, we will deny you security unless you do what we want. We had an assassin come to the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh and try to murder him. We have had credible threats on the lives of other justices. And now members of this body say, we will deny you security for you 
your families, your children, unless you do what we want. And this is the current demon crap party. And if you're just joining us and you're wondering why I keep saying the word demon crap, Tebow's saying hi. And I just picture his head whipping back. It's like a puppet. Did you ever do puppeteers? You know, whip, whip. Anyway. Um, what party is more devoted to making people's lives miserable? And what avenue works best at making millions of lives miserable? Communism. I don't know what else to say. Um, it's just sad if you're still voting for the Democrat Party, because their their existence today is to make their constituents miserable. All the rules and regulations that they pass, that they set up, a lot of it is bureaucracy. In other words. Uh, peoples and entities that you didn't vote for, that you didn't get to have a say in, are passing laws and regulations that you have to adhere to. But they don't have to adhere to. I don't know what it would take. I guess whatever what it would take is for all this to come about like actual biblical times. But see, by then it's too late. Now, though, for those of you that are interested in the end times, uh, here's my opinion, that they won't start until America is no more. I think we've talked about this a little. Uh, I, th I think we've said that the United States is the last beacon of hope in the world of freedom so and the effort as you can see is to take away that freedom so you got to take away with the united states you got to make it no more anyway so hey i want to say thank you so much for watching i'm sorry dave not here i know when he's here it's more interesting but there's just so much so much to cover and if I wait till he's backed and it's just a huge stack and then we might not it takes too much time to get caught up so I'll just throw this out and you can listen at your leisure or watch at your leisure but still please reach out to us at the Greg and Dave show at outlook.com the Greg and letter N Dave show at outlook.com give us your feedback let us know what's going on spread the word and, uh, hey, I'm looking for tips on technical tips. Um, I'm not, as you could tell, we're not uh, professional podcasters. Uh, so we're learning, we're growing, and it's just the two of us, really. Uh, and Dave, as I mentioned from the beginning, he's a busy guy. And me, I'm a crotch old bastard, so I don't have a lot of time or want to spend a lot of time trying to figure things out i kind of have an attention span issue anyway thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching 
Thank you so much for your patience um, as we continue to grow and mature in the podcasting business. And please reach out to us. Let us know, hey, here's an idea. Hey, have you tried this? Here's what you can do to make this better. We're totally open to it, and we appreciate it. So keep it coming. Until next time, stay safe.